Welcome to Local Matter Sports. Today I have in the hot seat, I guess you could call it a hot seat, maybe <laughs> a little bit of hot seat today, uh, Dr. Michael Torrance, the president of Motlow State Community College. Doc, welcome back to the show. Sam, thank you for having me, and uh, hello to all the listeners out there. This, this should be another fun, fun episode. Yeah, I think it's going to be. We're going to make it fun, irregardless. As I said, you've been here before, so it's been a little while. Go ahead and update us. Uh, how's the family doing? Let everybody know who the family is and how everybody's doing right now. Yeah, everybody's doing well. Um, my, my daughter just got pinned uh, last Friday, Tennessee Technological University's Accelerated Nursing Degree. Uh, so I'm thrilled about that for her uh, after she had already completed the uh, chemical engineering degree. So uh, I, I don't think I have to worry about her in life. I don't think she's set. I, I'm certain that she wants to do other things and more, and I look forward to her continued success. Uh, my son started his sophomore year in high school uh, yesterday, which is kind of a, a shock and takes you aback like time flies so fast. And then, of course, his mother is there working at uh, the high school as well. Uh, the the real Dr. Torrance, as they like to say. Yeah. Yeah. I just talked to her yesterday. We're hammering out some dual enrollment for some Putnam County kids. So I get to talk to her a bunch right now. It's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. Well, and, and that's that's actually a, a good place to start because uh, both of your children are athletes. And, and uh, when, you, when you talk about your daughter going to Tennessee Tech and the, having a chemical engineering degree and then now going and getting her nursing, what what is she just a learner, lifelong learner and wanting to get something else? Or how did that happen? I think it's more so uh, what fits for where she wanted to go in life, and she's more interested in some of the, the social, social-emotional aspects of being a nurse, a, a helper, a nurturer, um, a leader, uh, obviously, versus the, the, the kinds of jobs that a chemical engineer usually starts off with. Now, I think both of them help young people start off well in life, so uh, her choice was really based on uh, long, longevity for her. So she's, she's chosen where she wants to be headed and directed and could could be happier for. Well, I'll tell you, that's, I don't know that I've heard that before. You know, those, that combination, that, that's very, very interesting. And with what you do at Motlow State, you know, you can definitely touch on this and, and also, you know, your wife and what she does being a, a counselor down at Upperman High School, this is uh, something, you know, she was able to help your daughter with and now your son, but dual enrollment played a pretty good uh, part of their high school career. So you as a president of Motlow State and watching your two kids go through the Putnam County school system and both of them being athletes, um, how does that fit into your your thought process for student athletes? So if you're talking to another family, another a friend of yours that's asking you about dual enrollment and what it offered to your family, what would you say? Well, I think it offers every family an opportunity for cost savings. And I think that's really important. That's really not something that people talk about. Uh, quite a bit about the idea that if if done in a scheduled, focused, intentional way, a young person can graduate with their associate's degree, therefore saving two years of costs for the for the family, and then they start as a junior. We have had examples of young people graduating from Motlow State who actually move on to Ivy League institutions, uh, Harvard, Yale, um, MIT, uh, et cetera as well as going to Vanderbilt. Now, that's not for everyone, and that's a, a, a small nominal number, but it does prepare people to transfer to our state institutions like Middle Tennessee State University, Tennessee Technological University, ahead of the game. And I, I, I saw that that did that for, for my daughter. That, that helped her be, I, I believe she was 48 credits ahead or wow. so. So 
she actually was able to add some other skill sets, uh, being a welder. Actually, she, she has some other skill sets that awesome. people may not be aware of that prepare her for what happens if something falls, if the bottom falls out of something. I have mm-hmm. a skill to, to fall back on. I think that's really important. And through dual enrollment, whether it be through the community college or the technical colleges, it's really important for parents to provide their child, their children with an opportunity to effectually provide, uh, have skill sets up under them and behind them that no matter what happens, whether it be theoretical underpinnings or if it's actually put my hands on something, that they can fall back on a skilled trade if necessary uh, to, to be gainfully employed later on. It's nice too, Doc, because – you know, two things that, that comes to mind when I think about this, and the, my kids that are now, you know, Will, 24 now and, and on the golfing trail, um, but bo- both of them were highly involved in that too. But um, when Will walked into Tennessee Tech his first day of school and sat down in the seat, he already knew what to expect. Correct. And right. I, I, I won't say anything negative about any anything else that's out there versus that, but having that real live action and communication with a college professor while you're in high school, while you have that safety net with you, right. you know, parents are still at home. So kids can ask questions, you know, and stuff like that. It, to me, it prepares them that much more for what they're going to get into when they do leave home. Cause you know, leaving home and going to Vanderbilt or going to an Ivy league school or, you know, even across this, you know, town at Tennessee tech, yeah. they're going to kind of be on their own at that time. So that gives them a heads up really to what the expectation is. And, and I think that's, that's kind of what I saw and got feedback from Will as he went through as he was prepared. Right. The, you know? the, the superficial aspect of any college preparation is the focus on the classroom. Right. That the idea that uh, a young person knows how to navigate conversations, communication, whether written, oral, verbal, nonverbal, with the person who has literally the cord on how well they do and how they can help them be successful by you know pointing them to the additional wraparound services that an institution may have. The other component of that, because I said, I said it's superficial, the other component of that is that hidden backpack. What allows a young person to be successful? That is being able to socially navigate the campus. If you go to a campus, and it doesn't matter if it's a commuter campus or if it's a, a brick and mortar, you physically need to be there and you sleep there and you eat there uh, location. It's really important that people get the social skills to navigate those campuses because the book work we can do that. You know, you've been doing that for 12 years and rote memorization, et cetera, et cetera. But it's the social aspect to navigate. Exactly. So we're talking to Dr. Michael Torrance, president of Motlow State, in the house today, talking a little bit of education and sports. So my focus the next couple of shows, everyone, is going to be the importance of education to athletes. And got a couple of good guests coming your way that can definitely talk to us about that. And Dr. Torrance, we were talking about dual enrollment as he left and, and didn't import it, uh, put it in the importance of sports. So we can use your daughter as an example. She played basketball at Upperman High School for Dana McWilliams on state championship state team. Championship. Had a great three years while she was down there, four years, I guess. And, um, you know, when she gets into her, the end of her sophomore year there, because I know she kind of started some high school classes early too, she get the opportunity to do dual enrollment. What did, how did that help her in her with her ball, with her athletics at Upperman High School? Well, the athletic component for it is, you know, some people are genetically gifted one way or the other. Some of us are longer than others. Some of us are taller than others. Um, she, she had a clean balance of what she was focused and good at, and she was very keen on how well she was prepared academically. 
So it was it was a good balance for her, and it 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 allowed her to actually assist and support some of her her classmates. I'm sure with with math, for example, or English or science, and it actually uh, we all as coaches we all want someone who can help the the team GPA. Uh, she was always always one of those kids too. Yeah, she was she was high on the GPA, and there's no doubt right. about that. And valedictorian fo- followed through. Yeah, followed through with that going into Tennessee Tech, and look at what she's done already there. But you know, just just having that opportunity. Um, you know, it's not been too long uh, that we've had those opportunities for our, our uh, r- regular students, our student athletes, our student population in general, and it continues to grow. You know, in uh, colleges like yours, to given uh, the opportunity for those high school students. So, let's talk just a little bit about your service area with Motlow State, and tell us a little bit how everything's going. Last time we talked to you, you had just gotten that role, not been in there too long. So, how's everything going now? Yeah, so I'm, I'm six years in now, uh, if you can believe that. It's it's flown by. Uh, I, I literally went to sleep and woke up, and it was like, oh, uh, I'm <laughs> six, we're moving into year six. Uh, 11 counties, southern middle Tennessee, uh, beginning at Rutherford County, and tying all the way down to uh, Lincoln County. So 11 counties, 4,500 square, uh, square miles, and literally seven locations. You know, we continue to expand to assist and support uh, workforce development and those who are seeking not just an associate's degree pathway or transfer pathway, but also folks who need um, incumbent worker training. Mm-hmm. Our workforce has ramped up quite a bit, offering aviation simulation training uh, for pilots, uh, as well as the suite of Google uh, certifications that are available. We, we moved up from a few to over 100 that we offer now with uh, partner Coursera uh, and others. Additionally, we've uh, done something I think is really avant-garde. We've created a digital wallet called the Metaversity. It is not a digital twin of a campus or a location. It's actually a portable credential that you can put anything that you earn inside of this wallet and take it with you anywhere. You click on the back of it. We're soccer certi- SACA, S-A-C-A, certified with robotics and mechatronics. So that our graduates, when they leave now in that particular program, they can show what they've learned. And I think it has helped them earn a little bit more money because they've been hired at a, ha- at a faster rate than other folks because you can actually show the employer what I can do versus a self-assertion uh, resume showing you that here are the skills, here are the classes I took with really no definition or uh, pronunciation in terms of this is what is associated with a particular course like competencies, objectives, goals, outcomes. So we're really excited about that and hope to expand that across not just Motlow, but, you know, I dare I say it, the planet. Like, I, I think we've done something um, unique and spectacular. That's pretty cool. And I would think coming into an interview or a situation where, you're looking to get a job. If you have something like that that you can pull right out and show folks, that that kind of sets you apart from every person that's that's interviewing for that same position. Absolutely, you know, our EMT, health sciences, nursing programs, we begin to leverage XR, VR, AR, MR. About four or five years ago, as people are now just catching up to it in the last, I'd say, twenty four months, and obviously it's exacerbated because of COVID. But our graduates in those programs were using simulated training modules half a decade ago now. In addition to that, we've seen uh, vision training take place with our mechatronics and robotics people. We're able to do things long distance. We can train people in Germany uh, as well across the United States at the ARTC, which is located Automation Robotic Training Center, which is in McMinnville, Tennessee. It's, things, things are going well. 
It's, it's incredible. We, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Dr. Michael Torrance from Motlow State Community College. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. Got Dr. Michael Torrance in the house today. Motlow State Community College. We're talking about education and athletics. Doc, when we left, you were talking about a few of your offerings. One that sticks out to me with Motlow State that, that's really different than a lot of folks is that aviation. You got a partnership uh, in this in the work area that you work in with the schools and Rutherford County being right there close to MTSU you even got a a, a relationship with uh, Middle Tennessee State and having the opportunity for aviation when when I say aviation on the airways people are thinking of course just planes right you know so you're training pilots and, and you're training you know really getting them ready for that next step but also when I say aviation now drones have kind of crept into uh, uh, the opportunity for these young people. And, you know, I attended some conferences, and one was down uh, in Texas, and um, we had someone there from New Mexico that's right on the border. And they're, in his class, they, he certifies students to be drone pilots, that first certification that you get, very similar to a pilot's license. Right. But what's happening down there is that law enforcement is contracting with these certified high school students and when they need to find somebody, they will contract with these kids and pay them um, to help them search someone out. Of course, in a safe uh, setting for that uh, high schooler. And not to mention that, but also I didn't know today's crop dusting. Uh, a lot of that is done with uh, uh, drones, which just amazes me. So uh, that's kind of on the cutting edge. What you guys are doing down there and working with MTSU and your program right there is really cutting edge. Yeah, so did you know? That they, we also have drones out there that not only per, are participatory in the agricultural field, but they're picking. And they're picking based on ripeness, the amount of sugar in an apple, if the apple has a disease or not, or if the fruit, I'll say fruit, has a disease or not. There are dr- drones out there that are detecting whether or not this is taking place. Obviously, when we start talking about drones, it moves me to emergent technology. And I start thinking about AI. I start thinking about other types of, uh, you know, I think about digital badging, these types of places and the impact that it's having on industry and employment. What will automation and this type of sophisticated, complex algorithm development, what will it take next? And what what does that mean for, uh, I've always said this, uh, technology is for the vertical integration but it's also for the improvement of the human condition. How do we help people now that they don't need to do that anymore? What do they do next? Right. Become technicians? Do they move to a different field? 
Do they make those processes better? Do they learn to code and, and you know, frame what a, the crop rows look like and, and do things in different hexagonal layers and lever? I don't, I, I'm not sure about that, but it does change the dynamics of employment with the advent of emerging tech, the AI, the drones, et cetera. There's no doubt, and I think there's a big worry out there. I think that's part of the worry, but the if you take a, a factory that was present in America 35 years ago, and you kind of look at that same type of factory now, a lot of the positions of the assembly line, if you will, have been replaced by some technology. But what people don't realize is that we still need people to run and control that technology. Correct. So, you know, transitioning that worker from, if it's a worker that's been there for a while, transitioning them from the needs of a assembly line workforce and moving them in and giving them the training that they need to now write the code or be the one that's kind of managing that technology, making sure it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. The jobs may change, but not only are the jobs still there, but as we research this a little bit, more jobs are there than they were before. Yeah, and, and Sam, you're pointing to where a lot of us gravitate towards, and that is that the STEM or STEAM areas, like STE and then A-cubed for us at Motlow, aviation, agribusiness, uh, as well as art, mathematics, business with is, is a silent B at the end of it with a parenthetical E for entrepreneurship. There's another space that we can start to have a conversation about, specifically as is related to the social and the ethical and people who utilize the, the, the platform of counseling, psychological behaviorism and all these kinds of things as a, as a platform too. Now, how are we going to use these, uh, again, algorithms and, and codes to, uh, to attempt to assess as well as improve the mental health and behaviors of people? And, you know, we, we're looking at increasing of good behaviors and decreasing bad behaviors. How are we going to utilize the codes for, for that area or those disciplines, which are typically softer sciences. I'm really intrigued by that. I'm looking forward to the folks who are smart enough to, to build those type of platforms uh, and, and, and see what comes out of it. We're talking to Dr. Michael Torrance, president of Motlow State Community College today. My focus is on education and athletics for the next couple of weeks. And Doc, let's tie this back in to your background. So uh, I was talking before we got on air and we both been through something kind of similar Correct. here. I Correct. found it was just about five weeks ago for you. Yeah. For me, it was about almost three years ago, but uh, total hip replacement. And yeah. uh, five weeks out, you're looking pretty good. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate you pointing out that I'm, I'm looking like I'm moving around okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back out of the house. Uh, that's been a challenge for me, you know, being still. But still all the while uh, grinding and working towards uh, the common goals we have at the institution and within a TBR uh, system. I'm looking forward to full clearance. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully being able to hit a golf ball better. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to continuing to uh, teach my son and his and the teammates for my AAU team, which I'll put a plug out there. Uh, I've been gifted an Adidas gold sponsored uh, AAU team, 16U, 17U for the next couple of years. And obviously, I'll be recruiting the best players I can find. And also, for those who are listening, I'll be coming to see a business near you, uh, <laughs> seeking, seeking support and funds for that. So uh, just heads up to all my friends in, in, in Putnam County and, and beyond. Uh, but I've been very fortunate to leverage uh, athletics to pay for all of my schooling. I've been very fortunate to leverage athletics to help me develop skills in terms of not just leadership, but analytical thinking, problem solving, 
uh, group dynamics. It, it's been a wonderful ride. Yeah, and it, it's, we talked before on, on the show that at the base level, um, being a successful anything, you know, you, you had to build a foundation and understanding for what that meant for you. Right. And when we talk athletics, you know, for me, it was, and I, of course I didn't know it at the time, but I had great coaches, um, great people that I could look up to. That's actually why I started out in education was because I wanted to be like a couple of my coaches that I had out there. But what I didn't realize at the time is the foundation that it was forming for work ethic, you yes. know, and being able to have conversations with people that, that were meaningful. And, and then also building that structure that I was going to rely on uh, as time went on to turn in, you know, to the what I ended up, the person that I am. And we talked a little bit about that last time for you and what that meant. So theoretic or not theoretic, in the past, knowing your your background in sports, how has that really defined your drive and direction as you've gone through your life? Well, good is never good enough. Uh, great's not good enough. It's about consistency. It's about uh, the evolution of your execution and work. The ball never lies. And that's the beauty of sport, right? The ball never lies. And you try to take that along. Well, I have tried to take that premise along with me with working with people and working with businesses and organizations. Either it is or it isn't, but there's always room to work towards whatever it is that you want to see happen. So in my relationships with anyone, uh, I try to be 100% clear, direct, and give very clean timelines about let's get this done or let's just not do it. Awesome. Awesome. Great structure for everything that you're doing right now. And it all started with the understanding of, of what your individualism meant to a team. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Dr. Michael Torrance, president from Montlow State Community College. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, again with Dr. Michael Torrance, president, Montlow State Community College, former athlete, played some basketball a while back. And we were just talking about the foundation skills and, and really what you learned as an athlete being coached and really going through the same system that a lot of athletes go through. Um how has that changed in your mind today? You talked about coaching the AAU team. We were going to get to that anyway. Um, you get a chance to see not only your son now, but other kids that are his friends, maybe not his friends, that want to play ball with, with you in the AAU. And we, all, we all know how important the offseason in high school is now. AAU's become almost as important, if it's not big. more important, than, than the season at a high school in some ways. And o- only because the coaches – are free to go watch at that time. Whereas in the regular season or the high school season, they're playing right. just like the high schools are playing. So that, I think that's why the popularity of AAU has grown so much because they actually have time to go watch the kids. So the, the kids that you're seeing come through your program, you know, what is the difference in, in today's young person, athlete, than when you play? I would say that the, the young people, and, and I'm around boys more so than I am around girls or, or young men versus young women, they are more skilled at the same age, same stage than I could ever have hoped to have been. However, they're not as good when you play. And, and, and the variance is being more skilled. So there's a lot more skill work and drill work happening at younger ages. This leads to or uh, exacerbates injury uh, at an earlier age. But it also provides uh, just kids who are, in some instances, not necessarily robotic, but 
they can do all the drills, so it's great. Play is the design of the game. Naismith built the game to play, not just to do drills. So I would say that, you know, how important one-on-one is, how important street ball is, how important it is to actually play outside and nick your knees and elbows, we don't see that anymore. So that's the biggest variance. Uh, skill-wise, they're great. They can shoot. They can dribble. Uh, but transitioning that to the game is different. You're putting that in layman's terms, when you and I grew up, we spent a lot of time on the court in the neighborhood. For me, it was out northeast or out at Tennessee Tech, you know, in the back, in the old gym there, the what we call it, the sweat box. Yes. So, and that was what we wanted to do. Now, you fast forward to now, there's a lot more opportunity for AAU. So there's a lot more structured coaching. Yes. You know, nowadays than there was before. Whereas if we wanted to get better, we had to go get in the game and play. And man, when you're talking about me in high school, you know, I'd, I'd go to a football game Friday night for Cooper High School, play, get beat up, wake up Saturday morning and go to the old gym and play with Anthony Avery and Stephen mm-hmm. Kite and, you know, all those guys. And you talk about getting beat up again. And, but I mean, what better, you know, testing ground was there than to play with those guys that were playing at Tennessee Tech? Right. You know, just get a chance to play with them. Um, so that, I think that really supports your point there. And, and that really makes a lot of sense to me that they are better skilled. They can shoot better. They can run the drills, no doubt. But when they get in that game, it, it is probably making a big difference there. And it's really important for young players to have trial and error. You got to know what works. You got to know when it works. You have to be able to read defenses. What do you do in the creases and crevices? Can you handle the bump uh, when you're, when you're going to the rack? Uh, when do you pull up? What's a good shot versus a bad shot? And depending on your role on the team, uh, the expectation. One of the things that drives me batty is anytime a team gets beat over the top because the point guard or the two guard didn't rotate up or the wing didn't rotate up to let a long pass go over the top for a layup. It's, it's one of those things I think that's, that's unforgivable. It, it should never happen. Um, and, and so that's one of those skills that it teaches you or the game teaches or has taught me. Communication. Uh, if I'm going to go in for this defensive or offensive rebound, I need somebody to make sure they get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, well said. <laughs> that, that really resonates right there. So I'm going to say a word, and, and this, came, this comes from our last conversation. Yeah. And it stuck out to me. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to say a word, and I want you to kind of tell me what you, you think about that word, failure. A part of success. That's what stuck out to me. Uh, I think some young athletes coming up, they're afraid to fail. And even in the classroom academically, you know, the reason, the reason that you, the, the teacher gives the practice tests and they, they set everything up to the test is to learn from that failure along the way. What do you not know? And, and we can work with that and, and make sure that you have the skills to know that. Same thing in athletics. Failing is where you learn. You can't yes. be successful without failure. Show me somebody that has one person probably ever walked this earth that was about it <laughs> right but you learn tell me about learning from failure oh my goodness i, I i've failed a, a lot more than i've been successful and from the outside looking in i think people uh believe that it's always easy and, and, and it looks easy but you never know how hard a swan is paddling up under the water right it looks great above the water smiling and uh in some instances elegant or pretty i'm not saying that i'm elegant or pretty but i'm just <laughs> pointing out the fact that when you look at a swan, you don't know how much effort it takes to stay atop the water. You don't know how much effort it takes to make it look easy. And whether it been it was through sport, where Coach Mike Sutton, who was a coach here at, at Tennessee Technological University, 
challenging me as a sophomore to get eight on the X out, nine on the X out, 10 on the X out, 11 on the X out. It became about execution, where to put the ball, not to let the ball hit the net uh, or the rim when you're doing these exercises. So when you transition that over to the academic arena, there is room for failure. However, you are the fool if you do not learn from the failure. And, and you can't be successful as an individual. You can only be successful as a team. And, and I don't know, unless you own and you're a one-person business, I understand that, I get that. But it takes us all with the varied and complex talents that come together to make something excel or excellent or, or elite. I like to use the word elite. It takes everybody to make that happen. And it also takes selflessness uh, to make that happen. So failure has been and continues to be and will continue to be a very important part of my success. And, you know, as I coach and communicate and whatever it is that people believe that I have value add for, I'll continue to talk about that. We're talking to Dr. Michael Torrance, president of Motlow State Community College, former athlete. Um, so let's 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 go this direction. So my focus the next couple of weeks is on academics, you know, in sports. In, in the development of a, of a young person. So let's separate those two. And if you had the opportunity to do a little 30-second message, one-minute message to any interested young athlete that's out there right now or, or parents that acknowledge your children, your experience, your coaching, and now the academic side – uh, it, really your whole life uh, of what you've done on the education side. So let's separate those two. What would you tell a young athlete out there that wants to be successful? Not necessarily wants to go to college, but maybe. Right. And what, what would you tell them about, you know, what they need to do as they grow older? I would make sure I impressed upon them uh, how complex life is and to be grateful uh, and gracious in the engagements and relationships that they develop and to do their best not to burn any bridge that each and every one of us is important. And even in the transition, as people like to point as moving up a ladder, there's going to be a time where you're going to move across the ladder and that moving up the ladder, moving across the ladder is not done on an individual basis. It takes a a whole village. It takes people to put their hands on you. As as I like to say, I've, I've had thousands of people put their hands on me to help me, attain and achieve the things that I have achieved. And I believe that to be true for most people. I can't say for all, but I believe it to be true for most people. And then lastly, I'd wrap it up with the importance of using and or leveraging the ball or the playing scape or field that they play on for their own gain and benefit and don't let the game or the ball use them. And that's, I think it's important facet for young people to understand that you don't have to play for the team as we talked about uh, before we, we started to record, I think it's if I'd known the things that I, I, I learned later on, I would have been very much more interested in being an executive uh, of one of these major sports uh, organizations versus uh, someone writing a check to me. I would much prefer to be the person writing the check to someone else. So so learning the, the nuances of the game and, and not being myopic in their thinking. And, and I know that's really difficult uh, for a kid to think think through and probably in some instances really difficult for parents who sometimes like to push uh, what their successes and failures were as a student athlete at a young age were uh, whether they made it or they didn't make it onto uh, their second chance with sometimes their kid yeah and that makes it tough sometimes 
Let's let's transition real quick to the academic side. So mm-hmm. you're talking to a young aspiring student athlete and their or parent and they're questioning a little bit about academics and athletics. What would you say to them? There is no substitute for reading. And I mean be voracious when you read. If you don't know that word and you're a young person listening to it, listening to this, go look it up. Voracious. I think that there is so much to be gained from where all of the secrets are kept, and that's the library. It's free. You can go to it whenever time you want, and you can look up and explore any place, whether it be fantasy or whether it be something tangible that you have an idea or uh, an unscripted interest in and allow it to take you to, to places that you've never imagined. So reading is, is, is really important. Math, the importance of math uh, today, especially because of all of the nuances with algorithmic everything, uh, complex code, rudimentary code, et cetera, uh, I believe that to also be an important concept. So a young student and, and parents thinking about their academic uh, transitions or whether they have the ability and acumen to do things, they have to think about balance. Balance is a very important part and key to being successful in the future. A quote uh, that was, was I read most re- recently Those who understand the future is about unlearning and relearning will learn. And those are going to be the successful folks. I'm I'm paraphrasing, of course, but I think people get the gist. Yeah, no doubt. That's great advice. Doc, we appreciate you taking the time to join us, especially five weeks out from total hip replacement. So uh, you're doing well, looking good. Thank you. Um, Hope to have you back on real soon and hope you get well and to feeling like normal real soon. Thanks for your time. I appreciate you, Sam, and thank you to everyone listening. Uh, Hope you all have great seasons and great academic years.